Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You. I'm your host, Aaron David Free. Got a great show lined up. And today we're going to interview a young millennial college student, Brittany Birchie, all the way in Haifa, Israel. She'll be with us in the second part of the program. She is studying Holocaust studies at the University of Haifa, in Haifa, Israel. First part of the program today, we're going to talk about probably one of the most important issues in regards to our understanding of Israel. And the question is, am I chosen? So I want to speak to you about this subject today. Everyone has a desire to be chosen. When we feel that we're not chosen, there's a sense of rejection that takes place deep within our hearts. And consider the following analogies. Uh, if you're waiting to be married, a man or woman, and you're wondering as a man, you know, is this woman going to choose me? And a woman may think, you know, is, is a man going to choose me? I remember when I was a kid, I was lined up with all these other kids. We, we just tried out for Little League Baseball, and the uh, coach, he chose, uh, you know, the baseball team. I was the last guy standing, and I remember thinking to myself, is he going to choose me? And so there's this issue in our hearts it, as Christians. You know, the Jews have been chosen, but what about me? Am I chosen? So the solution to overcoming the fear of not being chosen is to find out who you really are in Christ. Discovering your identity is the key to overcoming a fear of not being chosen. And you may be wondering what the word chosen has to do with Israel. Well, it has so much to do with Israel. The word chosen is in fact the key to understanding Israel, Israel's identity in God and her relationship with the church. And the word chosen is in fact the key to understanding the church's identity in God and her relationship with Israel. So you'll never know who you are in Christ or who Christ is in you until you discover the truth that you, as a Christian, you also have been chosen. And the issue is, why have we been chosen? Why was Israel chosen? So in regards to the church's relationship with Israel, the issue of Israel being chosen as God's special people has caused so much unnecessary confusion within the heart of Christians for nearly 2,000 years. And the line of thinking is this, if Jews have been chosen by God, then Christians must be second-class citizens. And the powers of darkness have created a false narrative all these years concerning God's calling upon Israel resulting in a sense of heartfelt rejection within Christians over the issue of God's choice of the Jewish people. And so the question is, how are Christians supposed to relate to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people? Does this relationship have anything to do with our identity in Christ? If the Jews are the chosen people, where does this leave our standing in Christ? Are we an afterthought? Are Christians an afterthought? Are Christians a second-class 
a group of citizens. So here's how it all started. It started with a covenant God made with Abraham. It says in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So God started relating to people by establishing a covenant with Abraham, who became known as the father of faith. Abraham's act of faith in following God to the land he promised him opened the passageway for all of Abraham's descendants through his promised son Isaac to walk in God's blessing in the land of promise, Israel. And when the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob became a nation many years later, God ratified the covenant he made with Abraham by choosing Israel and setting her apart from all the other nations of the earth. And it says in Deuteronomy 7, 6-7, that God did not choose Israel out of her own personal merit. Here's what it says. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. So God says, Israel, I didn't choose you because you're a great nation. In fact, you were the smallest, one of the weakest nations in the earth. I chose you for two reasons. The first reason God chose uh, Israel was born out of love. It says in Deuteronomy 7, 7 7-8, It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love upon you and chose you, but it was because the Lord loves you. So first of all, God chose Israel because he loved Israel. The word God uses for love in the scripture has a profound meaning. The word is ahava. Hebrew is a, a breathing language. And so a lot of the words, letters, are pronounced with breath. And so ahava is pronounced ahava, ahava. And if you have ever traveled to Israel, you'll travel down to the Dead Sea, and there's a, a, a wonderful store uh, right on the edge of the Dead Sea, and it's called Ahava. And they sell all kinds of wonderful lotions from the Dead Sea for, for dried skin and so on, and a lot of tourists love to stop at the store. And Ahava simply means love. And if you want to take notes, what I'm about to say to you is really going to change your life. In the Hebrew language, there's three letters in the word Ahava, love. And every letter in Hebrew has a picture graph and a meaning. And the Hebrew word for love, ahava, has three letters. Aleph, hey, and bait. Aleph, hey, and bait. Those are the three letters that make up uh, the word love, ahava. So what are the letters? What do they mean? Aleph, the picture graph, is a picture of an ox head. What's the meaning? It means sacrifice. The letter hey, the picture graph... It's a picture of an open window. What does it mean? It means breath, wind, or spirit of God blowing through the open window of a person's soul. The last letter, 
bait. The picture graph is the picture, the outline of the foundation of a house, and the meaning is house or family. So ahava, the three letters, olive, hay, and bait. Olive means sacrifice. Hay uh, means uh, a picture where the spirit, wind, fire of God blows through the open window of a person's soul. Bait simply means house or family. So what God is actually saying when he says to Israel, I chose you because I ahava you, I love you, he's saying, I didn't choose you because you were a great people. You were actually the smallest group of people on the planet. I set my love upon you and I chose you to be my treasured possession simply because I love you. I desire to lay my life down for you in sacrifice. I desire to breathe my spirit through the open window of your soul and make you into a family where I can build my house. In the Old Temple, Old Testament, that house was the temple where God dwelled uh, amongst his people. The second reason why God chose Israel was out of loyalty. It says in Deuteronomy 7, 7 7-8, It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but it was because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers. So God chose Israel out of love and out of loyalty. Now here's the question. As a Christian, well, why did God choose you? Are you a chosen person? Well, this should end all confusion in a Christian's heart over the question, over the issue is, of am I a chosen person? And John 3.16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world. What is the word there for love? It's the Hebrew word ahava, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What are the three letters in this Hebrew word Jesus used for love? The same as in the Old Testament. God chose Israel out of Ahava. He chooses the nations out of Ahava love. Same three letters, olive, sacrifice. Do we see that anywhere in the New Testament scriptures? Yes, all through the New Testament. 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Ahava, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So Jesus laid his life down in sacrifice for all the nations of the world, Jew and Gentile alike. The second letter in Ahava, Ahava is hey. What's it mean? An open window. Do we see this picture of an open window in the New Testament? Yes, in Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, opens the door of his heart, the window into his soul, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The letter bait, which describes a house or a family. Do we see this anywhere in the life of Christ? Yes, John 14.23, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, He will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home within him. John 14, 23. So that letter bait, house or family, Jesus wants to come into the heart of every person from the nations and make his home within him. Another scripture in John 14, 
fifteen two through 3 In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So this, this word, Ahava, we see it all through the New Testament. Jesus is saying, I desire to lay my life down for you in sacrifice. Jesus is saying, I want to breathe my wind, my spirit, my fire into the open window of your soul. And then I want to come and dwell within your heart and make my temple there, my home, right within your heart. So this should put aside all confusion within a Christian's heart over the issue of, am I chosen? Because if the Jew is chosen as a people to be a light of the of revelation to the nations of the earth, what does that make me? Am I a second-class citizen? Christian might be saying that. And the answer is no, because all the nations have been chosen as well for a particular purpose. Uh, Peter says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So God chose Israel out of love and loyalty, and God chooses the nations for the same two reasons— out of love and loyalty. The Bible says, for the sake of the fathers, for the sake of the fathers, the, the blessings of Abraham. So God is loyal to the fathers today, that all the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, the nations who believe. And so this should set aside all confusion over the issue of God's love for the nations. This month, If you'd like the notes from what I've been speaking on today, we're going to speak about this issue of chosenness the next several weeks. And if you'd like the beautiful notes that we have on our website uh, concerning the issue of your chosenness as a born-again Christian, you can go to our website, israelteam.org. And for a donation of any size uh, this month, you'll receive a code. And uh, in that code, you can press the code and you can instantaneously download this curriculum on the chosenness of the nations in Christ. So I, I pray today that you'll grasp this. It took me so long as a Christian to grasp this issue of, of chosenness of the nations. So I pray your God's blessing upon you today. Coming up, a wonderful graduate student from Haifa, Israel. Brittany is going to join us in just a few moments. God bless you. My name is Stuart Roth, and I serve as senior counsel at the American Center for Law and Justice. I'm really here to talk today about anti-Semitism and anti-Semitism on our college campuses and high school campuses, where there's a proliferation of hate going on throughout the country. Part of our work at the American Center for Law and Justice, especially the last handful of years, has been focused on college campuses throughout the country. Anti-Semitism, really, it's like a malignant tumor. And I've partnered up with Aaron Free. I've known Aaron since 1990s, almost 30 years we've been working together. And Aaron has started this unbelievable organization that's going out throughout the country to college campuses to discuss these issues. This is a timely ministry that I really am behind. In fact, we partner up with Aaron 
on these kinds of cases. When we find out that there are anti-Semitic or hate incidents against the Jewish communities and college campuses, we put together a phenomenal team of lawyers and descend on those locations to ensure that the rights of Jewish students are protected in these times. Aaron's ministry works hand in hand with us because they are out there teaching. They're teaching students about anti-Semitism. They're on college campuses, Christian college campuses, teaching students about their Jewish roots and to be aware of anti-Semitic activities. We can only do this if we work together. So at the American Center, we're handling cases from a legal perspective. Aaron is handling cases on college campuses by teaching students about their Jewish roots teaching students on how to be aware of anti-Semitic activities. So I'm here today in support of Aaron and Israel team advocates, and I want you to support them too. I'm Stuart Roth with the American Center for Law and Justice. Thank you for your time and your prayers. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Welcome back to Israel and You, and our special guest is Brittany Birchie. And Brittany, welcome to Israel and You. Thank you so much for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it. Well, Brittany, you are an evangelical millennial, and uh, you studied undergrad work. Where did you do your undergrad work? I did my undergrad work at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And what was your major? My major was Jewish Studies. Wow. And so where are you now as you're talking to us today? Yeah, so I am actually in Israel right now. Um, I am uh, on day 11 of my 14-day quarantine. Um, I'm living in the city of Haifa, which is right on the coast of the Mediterranean. So very beautiful and warm town. So it's very nice. (laughs) That's great. So you mean to tell me... Uh, we're talking to you, and you're all the way in Israel, and here you are with us on the radio. So that's that's pretty cool. So what's your story, Brittany? I mean, you went to Moody, you majored in Jewish studies, and today there's a major decline in support of the Jewish people in Israel among evangelical millennials. And so here you are, you're almost like an anomaly, a bright light of truth, and... How in the world did you, as a millennial, become so interested in Israel? That's a great question. So really, my journey to, you know, eventually ending up, you know, going to school in Israel and supporting Israel as a millennial really started when I was actually 10 years old. So my grandmother gave me a copy of The Diary of a Young Girl, which is, you know, the story of Anne Frank. And I read that book and fell in love with Anne Frank as a person, but also just was so struck by, you know, her story, you know, dying at what age 15 in in Auschwitz um, or excuse me, in Bergen-Belsen. So I, I definitely was struck by that and wanted to learn as much about the Holocaust as I possibly could. So I kept reading and reading and eventually I, um, 
my senior year of high school did an independent study, and I um, studied through the book called um, "The People, the Land, and the Future of Israel," written by, or edited by Daryl Bach and Mitch Glaser, who is president of Chosen People Ministries. Um, and that book actually goes through God's plan for the Jewish people, you know, from Abraham to the end times, and it you know talks about the Holocaust and certain other. Um, events that happen, you know, post-Bible times. And for the first time, you know, my my view of the Jewish people expanded beyond the Holocaust. And I realized, you know, that the, that the Jewish people and that the nation of Israel play such a big role in God's plan. And, you know, even though I, I grew up Christian, I became a believer. When I was 13, I went to Christian school my entire life. Um, the, the Jewish people were always just kind of story, you know, people who were a part of the stories I read in the Bible, um, and, and nothing really more than that to me. But as I studied, as I learned more, I realized, you know, God loves the Jewish people so much and that he's not done with them yet. So that is why I decided to, um, do my, my undergrad degree in Jewish studies and I, through, through that, I learned a lot about Jewish um, history and Jewish culture and, of course, the state of Israel. So, you know, my, my love for the Jewish people that started with, you know, learning about the Holocaust expanded to just loving the entirety of, of the Jewish story. And especially in the sense that, you know, Jesus is Jewish. He came from he came from the Jewish people. And and so you know, the roots of my faith are, are rooted in, in, in the Jewish people's story. And so, um, I, yeah, I got to go to Israel actually, um, a number of times during my undergrad. So that definitely complemented everything I was learning in my studies. And, uh, um, you know, it, it, it was easy, I think, for me to kind of wade through all of the different information that you can find about Israel and, you know, just as a country or, you know, in terms of the conflict going over, going on over there. But, um, yeah, I, I am very thankful that I had professors who kind of steered us in the right direction. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of a, you know, <laughs> definitely a years-long journey, but the Lord really paved the path for me and lit it all along the way. Um, there was never anything else I wanted to study. Um, and, you know, once I learned more about Jewish-Christian relations, there isn't really anything else I want to do with my life. So, so yeah, it was kind of... So to answer your question in a short, <laughs> in a short answer, um, really it's just a calling that the Lord put on my life and has revealed more and more to me as time has gone on and as I've learned more and gotten older. So... Yeah, I, that's kind of where I I'm so at. <laughs> that story. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a remarkable story of how the Lord, you know, put that in your heart. I, I always say that visions are caught, not taught. And I really do believe that the blinders on the eyes of so many Christians today that, you know, in our generation are rejecting Israel and rejecting the Jewish people, I think it, it has to be a work of the Holy Spirit to remove those blinders so that Christians can see God's calling upon the Jewish people uh, in these last days of time. So, obviously, you are in graduate school studying Holocaust studies, and 
this is your heartbeat. It's your life's journey that God is bringing you into. So what are some of the trends you are seeing in millennial college students in regards to Israel? So I was able to have this amazing opportunity to lead um, three different trips with a Christian group called Passages, which... um, all they do basically is take Christian college students to Israel to help Christian college students form their own opinions on Israel, um, you know, in terms of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but as a nation in and of itself. And to also, of course, see the biblical sites and, and get to, you know, live the Bible for real. And I worked with a number of different um, groups of students from a number of different schools and, um, I saw, you know, first of all, I want to say I saw most of the time students being, actually, I would say all of the time, students being so excited to be in Israel, um, to get to walk where Jesus walked and to have the Bible come alive. I think that was universal among all of the students, um, you know, them all being believers and growing up or, you know, reading the Bible um, and going to church. However, I think the differences that I saw with students um, really did come in when it came to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Now, Passages does a really great job of giving students as many perspectives on the conflict as possible. You know, we hear from Palestinians, we hear from um, Jewish people who are on the left in terms of Israeli politics or on the right. So you you definitely hear a variety of perspectives. Um, But I, I think the there were students, you know, depending on what school they were coming from, they themselves already came with, you know, very different understandings of the conflict. So, for example, you know, students who came from maybe smaller Christian conservative universities or schools, um, you know, their view was starting out a little bit more positive towards Israel, especially when it came to, you know, the biblical history. Um, and then I think oftentimes Christian college students just, or uh, college students going to Christian schools just didn't really have any grasp on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Whereas Christian students coming from secular universities, especially Ivy League schools, um, sometimes had the attitude of like, yeah, I kind of know what's going on here. And it most of the time was not positive. So, um, so I think that mirrors the national trend we're seeing in that, you know, people with more progressive politics um, definitely see Israel as a uh, force for for evil, <laughs> if I can put it strongly, um, whereas people who are more so on the right or, uh, you know. Brittany, let me say it again. You are a bright light of truth in a world of darkness when it comes to Israel. And if there are more millennials like you in the future, I have hope that this generation is going to fall in love with Israel as you have fallen in love with Israel. And Brittany, you wrote a chapter for Israel Team's new book, The Casualty of Contempt. I so appreciate your chapter and your work. Uh, This month, if you would like to go to IsraelTeam.org and make a donation of any size, we're going to send you this uh, teaching on the chosenness of Israel and the chosenness of you. It will bless your life. And again, thank you so much for being with us, Brittany, all the way from Haifa, Israel. 
Yeah, thank you for having me, Erin. I appreciate it a lot.